My nose, it's the pollen. I start to wheeze and cough. <coughs> is, is it is it the pollen or just is it affecting me worse this year? Or is the pollen worse? Jesus. Only one man can answer that. I don't know. Are you affected? Not like you are, apparently. I mean, but are you are you feeling the pollen? Eh. Are you following just this? enough? Are you feeling the season? Just a hair. I'm deep in it. I was up above it. Now I'm down in it. Are we ready? I'm just a couple of sneezes away from being good. Okay, I'm good. Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. I'm Mark. I'm here with Seth. How are you, Seth? I'm good. We Last week, we're so uh, excited. We anticipated uh, what happened last week. We've gotten the first episode out, and now we are in. We are deep in. We are inside the throngs of Police Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, today, the year of our Lord... <laughs> police pro 6th 2023 recording this on the 6th police pro 6th eight, yes police pro 6th, of yeah. course it will be released i think maybe police pro 11th uh, 11th yeah something like that something like that uh and we are talking about the history of um a certain band called the police uh we last left you talking about the demise of the band and the back half of them um, but things weren't always that bad, were they, Seth? Not really. Uh, there was a time when they were busy, they were occupied, and they had things going on, and they uh, spent time recording and not arguing, looking forward to what they had to do. I think this is going to cover that period. And we're talking, of course, about around 1978, 79, 80, around yeah. the time of Zenyatta Mandata. Indeed. Um, they had just come off of a tour. Um, and the studio, as it is wont to do, the uh, record label, rather, um, immediately asked them to start working on a new album. And in October of 1980, uh, that is what they did. It was recorded in a three-week period uh, in Holland for tax Mm -hmm. reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, another thing that record companies love to do, and brought forth... Two singles. Uh, One is maybe one of my least favorite police songs. Da do 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 da 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 da, (laughs) which even saying it it embarrasses me and makes me want to cover my face. It's rather insipid, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. And that is another one uh, that we kind of looked at because we knew it was dumb. I lobbied hard for it just for the stupidity of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think the ones that we've chosen are much better. The other single was a song that was their third number one hit in the UK. And a pretty damn good song. And a pretty damn good song. And, oh boy, is it creepy. Yeah. Don't Stand So Close to Me. Um, do you remember the first time you heard the song? You were Not probably specific. 30 yeah. <laughs> in 1980. <laughs> I remember correctly. <laughs> I love, Just you know, open up so the funny. jar. Every time you do an age <laughs> joke, you're going to have to throw another dollar in. And I know that I'm old as hell, too. Hopefully so. I'll die before. I, I mean, hopefully I'll make it to where I can empty the jar before I die. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I was uh, I was a little kid. I, yeah. When that came out, I, I do remember seeing of everything on what the police relates to MTV. This was their era. I remember seeing it and not thinking much of the videos. Just a couple of guys dancing. I didn't know the bearing of the lyrics and how they related to what was going on in the video. More on that later. But I did hear it, and just the joy of the chorus alone is enough to get you going. Uh, it's enough for you to pay attention, and it's uh, it's it's a, it's an earworm. It gets in your head, and uh, you can sing along with it and dance along with it. And it's a it's a nice it's a good song. It is. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about, and I know you want to dabble a little bit talking about um, one of the members of the police that about the rhythm section. You know, I'd say maybe is the second most talked about band member definitely uh Stuart copeland definitely uh, the man who fell off a horse and was basically you know <laughs> when you i i don't want to i don't want to sound like i'm being hyperbolic here but largely 
responsible for the breaking up of the police. If he hadn't fallen yeah. and broken his arm, there's a chance that they would have tried pushing this out a little bit longer. Was it his arm or his collarbone or something? His collarbone, like, I'm collarbone. sorry. Yeah, I think so. You're right. But, I mean, not to get, get too anatomical here. We'll do that later, especially talking about this song. Yeah. Um, but he is essentially... <laughs> He's kind of the police when you when it really comes down to it. Just a little bit about Stewart. Born in 1952 in Alexandria, Virginia, is listed on Wikipedia as being Scottish American. Was born in America and Virginia. Um, spent some time overseas with his father. His mother and father extremely interesting backgrounds. His mother was eventually uh, was a, a, early a member of the what would it be the British intelligence during World War II. Met his father. Uh, who was a guy from Alabama who had worked with the OSS. Now, this had been covered on No-No before. Do you know what the OSS is? Yeah, it's the uh, predecessor to the CIA, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're remembering your stuff. Good man. Um, and he worked with her there. She eventually came to work with the OSS as well during World War II. Uh, they got married in 42, started having a bunch of kids, of which uh, Stuart was a little farther down the line. They had others. Um, but Ian. Was Ian one of them. Miles. Yeah, Miles. Yeah, and, uh, and, and it's really crazy. All of them, you know, I mean, dude, CIA father, his mother Lorraine went on to become a Near East paleontologist, very well known for that. Uh, one brother was his, Ian was his manager for a long time, and Miles founded IRS Records, so very accomplished group. Now, going along with the fact that you are a person from a family that's done so much and that you've got, you know, you're in competition to a degree with the members of your family, I, I can relate to I that. I say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he always carried around a chip on his shoulder, so to speak. He he seemed to uh, have a the bearing of an egotistical person when you heard him in uh, interviews, he would always kind of stress the fact that the police were his band and Sting was his bass player, not the singer of the police. Kind of held that over. Uh, apparently, when he started playing drums was not that very good. Uh, he played in a couple of different bands before the police, one of them called Curved Air. Um, another it's one... Not a bad that, band name. In which, yeah, no, it's kind of a cool name. Um, the singer of that band, Sonia Christina, became his wife for quite a while. Um, was not considered that good um, when he first started. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of them recording Curved Air in like 1975 and 76, he just clicked it, so, so to speak, at, at being a, a rhythm man, a drummer. And uh, he was always very proud of, you know, of, of his accomplishments as a drummer. And you can really hear the ego in him coming out in the drums, in my opinion. In last week's episode, Every Breath You Take, you really hear the pop of that snare. He's oh, one yeah. of those guys that really kind of... And in this song. Drives, yes, very much so, drives home his frustrations. He plays traditional grip. Yep. Um, yes, which if does. you don't know, that's um, when you think of someone like Dave Grohl playing drums, they hold both of their sticks basically in their fist. Uh, traditional is the way jazz drummers used to play where they hold the stick like that in their right hand if they're a right-handed drummer and their left hand they hold it kind of like you would one end of a chopstick uh, if anybody knows who buddy rich is yeah that's you know uh it, or if you've ever watched like the band on the field in between a football game the snare players it's how they um they hold the drum generally speaking, yeah yes. um just a very uh you seem to like release a lot of frustration and emotion made the rhythm and the percussion a huge part of the police obviously him you know being a founding member along with uh with sting there was actually another guitar player before andy summers we'll go on that when we talk about andy summers i think but uh you know did a lot of other things afterwards one of the things that i'm most interested in is that later on in 1982 he became involved in the soundtrack to a movie that i absolutely love um, done by Francis Ford Coppola, and the the novel it was based on a novel by S. E. Hinton called Rumblefish. Mm. Um, really, really great soundtrack to that record, and he did a single from that record with a guy named Stan Ridgeway, uh, who you might recognize from a group called Wall of Voodoo. Did it, Voodoo did a song called uh, Mexican Radio, but the song is called Oh Radio. Yeah, but the song is called Don't Box Me In. It is one of my favorite favorite songs. It is incredible. Go check it out. Stuart Copeland, um, a driving force behind the police. 
just thought we'd cover one member like we did, you know, like we went in deep with Sting, and we're probably going to do more on Sting. I later. mean, yeah, I was going to yeah. say there's definitely more to be talked about with Sting's upbringing and and Andy Summers as well. Oh yeah, in the music video for um, "Don't Stand So Close to Me," you can see that you know the band is obviously you know you can we can argue about who considered themselves the police. Um, we've talked a little bit about Andy Summers being kind of the the uh you know the diplomat of the group the um, kirk hammett yeah Derek and Smalls. <laughs> a lot of times these these fights that happen happen between the members who are kind of you know fighting each other for you know the the con- for control spots on the record yeah and i yeah. mean you can't help but take but have your eyes on sting because he's in the front and because i mean they're all pretty handsome guys i guess but Sting at the time, especially when he's taking off his shirt in the music oh, yeah. video for whatever reason um, and doing all that, you know, playing bass and standing front and center. But Stuart Copeland is right there running around and, and taking up, you know, scene, taking uh, up a large portion of the, the frame, scenery, yeah. as they say. He did. Um, he was he's he, of course, Sting being the principal songwriter and the one that we recognize all the hits from. That's not to say that Stuart Andy did just a couple of songs. Stuart definitely did record um, quite a few songs that he had written, specifically one that will, that I think we should talk about later, not necessarily right here, called Miss Gordenko. It's a ridiculous song. But mm. another one called Bombs Away. Uh, it was about Afghanistan, which was being invaded at the time. But definitely the, the secondary songwriter in the group. Mm. But um, I think that he had a bearing on the song that we're talking about today. And in a weird way, especially when we get to the beginning. More on that later. So they come back off a world tour, their first world tour for Regatta de Blanc, an album that we'll probably talk about a little more in depth in the next episode uh, as we kind of go from the back forward. Um, they they get back. They feel like they kind of rushed, did a rush job on this album. Like I mentioned, it was recorded in a three-week pe- period um, they expressed immediate regret, says Wikipedia, over the rushed recording of the album, which was finished at 4 a.m. on the day the band began their world tour. So they finish at 4 o'clock in the morning mm. and maybe take a quick nap and then get on an airplane and have their first gig that night. Um, this album, despite them being iffy on it and feeling like it was rushed, um, did win them uh, an instrumental uh, Grammy for Best Rock Instrumental Performance for Behind My Camel, that's, covered by Primus. Yes. And and written by Andy, Andy Summers. That's an Andy song. They also won a Grammy for Best Rock Vocal Performance for a duo or group for Don't Stand So Close to Me. Um. So they're, you know, if they're not at the top of the world, they're pretty close. Everyone's getting along well. Um, um, just to mention, the uh, producer for this record is Nigel Gray. Um, other records as well. He also did uh, Regatta de Blanc. Um, also recorded some stuff for Susie and the Banshees and five albums for Guess Who? Da, 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 Godly and Cream. Uh-huh. Our boys from uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Um, and is very, very much an influence on Radiohead's producer, Nigel Godrich. G- Nigel Godrich. Um, These Nigels to, have to stay together. Absolutely. Make plans for Nigel. Now, I want to just briefly mention before we get into the lyrics here and a little bit more into Don't Stand So Close to Me. We did give a little tip of the hat in the last episode to Don't Stand So Close to Me 86, which when the band got back together, <laughs> when the band got back together to try and write some more stuff, and uh, and Stuart Copeland fell off a horse. They decided to do a very. I mean, you got to remember this was written in 1980 when the 80s weren't necessarily as 80s. They progressively got more and more 80s as the century went on. It wasn't always a good thing. Or as the uh, decade went on, rather, yeah. Um, and the 1986 uh, version, "Don't Stand So Close to Me," 86 is. I is put why it, reboots I, are a bad thing. <laughs> I put I put it on, and Seth, you know, like when someone's got glasses and they'll look over their glasses, he kind of like looks over his glasses and looks at the <laughs> TV and goes, what's this? And I was like, I'm just going to let it 
sit and we're just going to let him simmer and he couldn't take his eyes off of it at first it's 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 like watching a slow motion car wreck it's like watching like anime with like flashing <laughs> weird pulsing lights go ahead yeah uh it's it's terrible um <laughs> it is really bad yeah and they just recorded it i guess because they had to record something um the music video was produced uh by godly and cream they just couldn't Which get one, the 86 Yes. Oh, no, it's terrible. Now, the music video is notable for its early use of animated computer graphics. Um, But, you know, uh, the lyrics are a little bit different for it because it's so slow. Um, They changed a couple of the lyrics, Um, one lyric in particular, um, but we'll go over that here in a little bit. Uh, Zenyana Mandata, as I mentioned, September 1980, the the, the single was released. Mm -hmm. And then the album a month later. Yeah. yeah. And I think as soon as we start reading the lyrics, you'll see why they're so bad. Um, I want to go ahead and just get this out there right now. This song is non-autobiographical. Okay. Well. Now, no, it it's non-autobiographical. But there are reasons why you could assume that it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. But it is not autobiographical. Um, not to put the cart before the horse too much here, um, but... When we tell you a little bit about the history of, uh, well, I guess we can kind of talk about it. Old Gordon Ducklip Shumway just happened to be an English teacher. Yeah. Um, And, you know, specifically talked about how young girls fancied him and uh, how he fancied them back. He will just go out right out and (laughs) and just tell you. It is what he said. And he said, how I kept my hands to myself, I have no idea. But he did, apparently. But he did, allegedly. And he has said time and time again, this song is not autobiographical. So I want to make it clear here that this episode is not how fucked up it is that Gordon Shumway did this. We are talking specifically just about, you may not know what the song is about. You may have just heard it and just sang, don't stand don't stand so don't stand so close to me and thought it was fun and not realize that the song was about well what it is what it's about i do think it is a work of fiction yes yes i do think that it's funny that in the wikipedia article before we get started with the lyrics (laughs) it says the line was criticized for rhyming shaken cough with nabokov Sting replied, I've used that terrible, <laughs> terrible rhyme technique a few times. Yeah, that's what's wrong with the song, is that. <laughs> Nothing else. And I do understand, you know, obviously when you're talking about art, and we're talking about music, so we're talking about art, though I wouldn't say it's high art, um, you have to leave open the ability to talk about some bad things yeah, and about some horrible things, and that sometimes they're just, you know, telling a story or maybe giving you a moral or something. Listen, Mark, I'm Though not, I'm not entirely him. sure what the moral here is. I'm not going to criticize him because it's Nabokov. It's hard to rhyme with. I think, I mean, at least he didn't use like panties off or something like that. You know, <laughs> well, thank he God may as well. Have. I mean, I don't know. Young teacher. Hold on. Hold on. Before <sighs> you get into these lyrics, it has to be noted that the song opens with kind of a drone, whether it's a, a bass, like on a bow, a bow on a bass, like it's, drawn it's like out a for a long time, it's a, or a synth, or whatever it is. The song clocks in at four minutes and two seconds. And, and 30 minutes. Se- and th- 30 seconds is this long drawn out along with the percussion, which is what I think this is. I think this is Stewart's doing. Like he has to put his thumbprint on the, sum, on the song some way. This this is a this is high, a speculation on my point, but I'm probably not wrong. But it, it goes on. If you do the math, it's an eighth of the song. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's kind of ridiculous. Well, uh, well, I mean, and I'll I'll disagree with you a little bit here because it definitely sets the tone. Do you think? Yes, I think they could have tightened it up. It is it is creepy. I mean. The tone in the beginning of the song gets a creep factor of three. <laughs> like the, the, the tone itself is like it just it reminds you of like, uh, you know, a camera panning over. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, like a, a like maybe the lock that they're talking about in synchronicity too. <laughs> when this it is steps in the so batter's box heavy. You know, it's already got a strike against. So it. it's yeah, it's got this scary sounding tone and mm-hmm. and the guitar, Andy Summers guitar comes plinking in as mm-hmm. he's wont to do that those drums young teacher the subject of schoolgirl fantasy she wants him so badly knows what she wants to be 
inside her there's longing this girl's an open page bookmarking she's so close now this girl is half his age didn't adam and logan bring logan 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 uh bring up edging I mean, this is kind of like right out of the out of the gate kind of this is another kind of edging like, whoa, holy mm. shit. Just if you're paying attention to these right off the bat, you are on edge, man. Your your hackles go straight up. If we've stepped into the batter box, batter's box and gotten strike one, we are now starting at, to head towards the bottom of the dark Scottish lock. Mm. This I mean, we're on our way down. It's 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 creepy and scary right from the get go. The genius annotation says this song is about a female high school or college student. Er, no, no, nope. no, we're not talking about a college. Student. Let's let's just I'm glad you also caught that. We're not talking about a fucking college student here. All right. We're not talking about a, a woman who is of, you know, look, if you're a, if you're a teacher and you have sex with a female who's. 19 and you're in your 20s or 30s or whatever i'm not going to say i'm pumped about it but you're at least with someone who is of like age deciding you know or like like deciding age we're not i don't think we can i think we can say pretty surely that this song is not about such a situation well mark how often do we describe college co-eds as schoolgirls? um well, I mean, it depends on what you're watching. I guess. How often do we do that? I'd have to say not that often. If you're watching the barely legal stuff. Yeah. Then, this is uh, a schoolgirl. This is she's obviously high school, maybe even I mean, I don't know what school uh, you know ages that he taught, but if we're referring to that well, she's young. And we I want to highlight real quick the very first words here. Young teacher. I feel like we're kind of jumping right off trying to immediately make excuses it's immediately jumping on with like okay look look <laughs> let me just start by saying the teacher's young gordon's got to protect this guy it's Gordon. like yeah exactly yeah. For, you know he's I, it, it though it's not autobiographical right but hey please he's, don't sue us he's he's protecting his guys but he's just he's watching saying, out for his subject look maybe the guy's young hmm. and in the genius annotation it you know, <laughs> annotation <laughs> in the genius annotation it does say sting plays a teacher in the music video though he actually was one before becoming a musician and was around 28 or 29 years old when the music video was made. So he was still fairly young. So again, it's, it, you know, it's not me. It's kind of like the, the OJ Simpson book. If I had done it, it's like, well, you know, it's not me, but I'm just going to say like, teacher was young, man. And you know, what are you I, supposed to do? I see Mark sitting here forming the Lotus position, re repeating the mantra. It's not autobiographical. It's not autobiographical. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, so that's what she said. Um, I also think that it's funny that she knows what she wants to be. Mm. Um, yeah, that is kind of strange. Yeah. Like it, wants to be his lover. Yeah. Is that what he's saying? Well, it's, so the annotation says growing up, kids are always asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, great. Once they hit high school, they're asked, what do you want to do when you graduate? However, this student knows exactly what she wants to be. She wants to be more than just the teacher's <laughs> student. She wants to be his lover. Damn, um, she wishes she was his lover. And inside her, there's longing. That's C, C man, needle goes up. Needle <laughs> goes up. We're, getting, we're almost redlining here. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to predict between the four songs that we do for Police Pro that we are going to average over an eight. Average over an eight? I think we're going to average over an eight. I think... Uh, Definitely over a seven, maybe over. An I eight. think over a seven, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see. The fourth one will be, um, will be a little bit of a, a, a. I'm curious to see your take on the last one. The we depth do. of the, let's let's just get yeah. let's yeah. all right. But so, that's, I'm just throwing that out there. That's my Carmack moment. I I I got the <laughs> I got the envelope to my forehead and I go over an averaging over an eight. What do Seth and Mark say <laughs> on the Creep Factor at the end of Police Pro? Every police level show. Yeah. Um, okay. Inside her, there's longing. This girl's an open page. And the fact that he goes right from referring to has a book to bookmarking. Yeah. I mean, is it is it inferring that he wants to stick his bookmark between her pages? Uh, maybe. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, a... For bookmarking, it says 
the handsome educator is marking the girl's assignment. Mm, there it is. L- listen like to I how said. horny this is. Little Missy oh, is in shit. dangerously close proximity to the target of her desire. All right, who's this annotator? Uh, someone that's probably in jail. Yeah, no, mm. <laughs> someone who's doing already on some twenty-five sort of, to life. Some sort of government list. <laughs> someone, some sort of no-fly list. Someone some sort that's of not allowed within a hundred yards <laughs> of a high school. Or a thousand, please. <laughs> Please stay, keep them away. She's so close. Now, this girl is half his age. All right, and Mark, tell me how you feel about this girl is half his age. When he gets, it's some sort of weird, is he harmonizing? He harmonizes everything to his age. He sounds like an English goose. I don't, I'm not a <laughs> you big don't like fan it. of the I way it. it sounds right there. It's It sounds weird it's to a me. Little, it's a little weird, um, little but off. I do like it. I, I I like the uh, I like that I like that. There. I can't come down to on it too hard. Would I have liked to have harmonized? Yes, I love harmonies. Would I have done something different? I'd like to think so. What it was I could do to improve improve it? I don't know. This is why we got he's, the this girl is, and we also have the this girl is at this age. Or yeah, and he's obviously. Is. I don't know if it's Stuart and and Andy harmonizing. I think it's uh, him oh, doing it's the him harmonies. Yeah, definitely yeah, for sure. It's tracked. Don't stand. Don't stand so, don't stand so close to me. Don't stand, don't stand so, don't stand so close to me. I don't think they add that part until oh, that later, yeah, but that's you're right. okay. Yeah, I'm, I, that's all right. I just whenever Whatever. I hear it, it's it's the most it's awesome. It's, it's, they do that over the end. I think if it's great, it's like one of the top three best parts of if you're gonna listen to the police. It's like the most joyous sounding. It's like it's it's kind of it's almost a an ode to joy, man. You know how I feel about that song. It's it's just it's beautiful. It's and you can dance to it and you want to sing along with it, even though you know the stuff is questionable. It's just so happy sounding and it's great. Yeah, and we're we're definitely jumping around. I know we've had a couple problems in songs where we're jumping around from one viewpoint to another. Um, so for the most part, for this. We're kind of uh, outside of everyone's. Yeah, we're getting uh, third person in the first point. verse, and here we're getting first person from the from the viewpoint of the teacher. Yeah, in, where in he's saying, two. and you know he's being polite about it. Please don't. Or well, I guess he's not. He no, no, no. Please. There's some issues here, Mark. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, there's, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, there's absolutely issues here. Um. So yeah, he's just telling her, "Don't stand so close to me," and that's that. Uh, but I think later on we get we get a please. Um, and then we get into our second verse. Her friends are so jealous. You know how bad girls get. Sometimes it's not so easy to be the teacher's pet. Temptation, frustration, so bad it makes him cry. Wet bus stop, she's waiting. His car is warm and dry. So <clears throat> I'm picturing when you were talking about the last, you know, the 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 chorus that almost we're getting a first person here in verse two with her friends are so jealous. You know how bad girls get. There is a question of which ones are the bad ones, the girl or the, the friends. Sometimes it's not so easy to be the teacher's pet. See, now, how does he fucking know this if he is not? delving into her situation i think you're reading some of that wrong Uh, really i don't think it's saying you know how girls that are bad get i think it's saying you know how girls are you know how bad how bad girls can get i think this is a little misogyny i think we're sprinkling a little you know you know fucking girls are oh okay so yeah i mean i can see it's funny because it wasn't until i just read the lyric that i was like oh Okay, I could see how you could read it as, you know, when you're talking about bad girls, you know how they can be. I think it's saying, you know how bad girls can get. Or could he be quoting the jealous friends? Well, the uh, the genius annotation says there's a double meaning here. The line could either mean, you know, how bad girls get, um, meaning the girl might be described as a bad girl for having a relationship with her teacher and her friends are bad girls, too, for being complicit, jealous even regarding this affair or. You know how bad girls get, as in, you know how jealous, malicious girls can be. Uh, I always took it as the latter. I okay. always took it as a okay. misogyny, like, her her friends are jealous, you know how bad girls get. Like, you know that they're jealous and catty, 
It's just Gordon Shumway telling you, you know how shitty girls are. Right. Just oh. a big old jealous harem of sex and who? What right do they have to wear that to school and get too close to the teacher? Big tide of temptation. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I kind of don't at wear it. that skirt. That makes me horny. Well, you know his. I don't. We haven't mentioned this so far. His whole connection to the Kama Sutra and tantric sex. Oh yeah, uh, that well, we came talked on about a little, little bit, bit yesterday. That, that when, came later than when this. we offered the rhino lining to spray down his. Uh, <laughs> That's right. To spray down his hedonistic sex temple. I just so squeegee his his. <laughs> His sex, his, chair. <laughs> his sex chair. Yeah. Um, uh, his friend. I, I always. I looked at it as you know. What's what the hell is this teacher doing? You know, delving into the society of young girls and what they're talking about. I always thought that there should be a a, a barrier there. You know, some sort of border between you know what teachers are going to listen to and what they're going to find out about these girls. How how does he know what their girl what these girls are doing? Well, I and I what would, they're saying. I would guess to an extent that. There's probably some whispering going on that you can't. He's paying attention, apparently. Well, I mean, and look, again, I think that he is not that we're talking about him. (laughs) But I think, again, we he is trying to kind of be like, okay, look, I had a music teacher in high school who was like fresh out of college. Mm -hmm. I was in high school. So there's some 16, 17 year old girls, 18 year old girls Mm -hmm. who are developed and who are looking up to him because he's a handsome, um, accomplished musician. And there were a lot of teachers or a lot of stories that went around Mm. about people, about students hooking up with him. Now, were were they ever true? I don't know. Um, I wasn't hooking up with him, so whatever. Um, But, you know, I think that it can be, I think the lines can get blurred when the teacher is male or female. I mean, there's been a lot of stories about women having sex with their students. Oh, God, that's And everywhere. men having sex with their students. And I think that especially when the student or when the teacher is young, you know, you're not so far removed from being into drama, being into, oh. you know, the chatter and stuff. And not everyone is like that, obviously. And you it, hope that you they could aren't. give him the benefit of the doubt. You can understand how those things could make its way to his ears. I understand for sure. Or like even people writing him notes or whatever. Yeah, yeah is your so balls okay? Uh, just a little bit of an itch. Oh, okay. No, I am not sitting here. No, Mark. No, don't don't you insinuate a thing. Just got an itch. You know how it bad happens. balls get. Listen. <laughs> You get to fleece yours. This is the castle. You're, I don't get to do that. If you ever want to come here in deep pants, you are more than welcome I, to. I will give you a throw to put over. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a no-nonsense trivia of throw an, to put over your genitals. A no-nonsense fleece? Yes. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. It'll uh, caress you kindly like we do week after week. Episodes released every Friday. Well, almost every almost. Friday. <laughs> um, so, Weekly. yeah. Temptation, frustration, so bad it makes him cry. Um, you know, I guess I'm leaving out the line of sometimes it's not so easy to be the teacher's pet. So her friends are jealous. The line the what we're getting here is her friends are jealous because they want to be all up on his jock. They see her getting all up on him. So then they start kind of talking some shit and giving her a hard time. And we'll get a little bit more of that in the third verse. And, you know, he's look, this man has some horny meat we get some oh an this open guy, window to his emotions right here in these last two lines that yeah. are kind of powerful yeah um, i mean it's uh you know being a horny dude and trying not to act on horny dude things can be tough but you should, never make you cry no no it's kind of weird <laughs> no it is the, yeah 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 um some kind of an emotional well, wreck and, well there's even more emotion in the next verse oh i know that is even weirder than shaking and crying mm. um is that what he says uh no uh you know there's some there's some we more just want to relate everything to that shake and cough line yeah yeah, yeah. um so we'll get there here in a minute. Um, and it's so strange, though. And tell me if you felt the same way. The wet bus stop, she's waiting, his car is warm and dry. This is the line that I think is the most prone to give a mental picture. Like you have this vision of her standing out in the rain and him pulling up and seeing one of his students, you know, uh, exposed to the elements, so to speak. And offering you know a little bit of comfort even the, in the face of 
temptation and and cry, crying and maybe even possibly shaking. Let me let me give you a couple things to chew on though while we think of this. One, the bus stop is never at the school, sure. so we're looking at a situation where he is driving to the school <laughs> or driving home and happens to drive by her at the bus stop Could it and, be he made a and, and that there's no other students because it would be very weird to just pick her up <laughs> if there were more than one student while there is rain at a bus stop. So you mean to tell me <laughs> that he happens to be driving home or driving to school? We'll say driving home because that's the most likely scenario here where we'd have the, the, the hookup, the, the Chekhov's teacher. <laughs> right. Where if you show a horny teacher, you've got to use him by the third act. <laughs> um, so he just happens to be driving home. She happens to be at the bus stop getting out of the bus or at the bus stop getting on the bus if she if he's driving to school. And there's no other students there. And he can get away with being like, hey, do you need a ride? And there's no one else. I mean, he doesn't say there's no other students there. Well, you, but you would have I, to I mean, assume Jesus. that he's not going to load them down with the gall, the gall of this guy to pick. <laughs> I her just up. had this mental image of Sting driving a shitty little car like Panama, you know, packed full of wet teenagers. <laughs> I love that there was an appearance of Panama. In this. Oh, that's so great. Just just I mean, a ton of schoolgirls. Like, <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Shumway. It was freezing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was I mean, I guess maybe he picked the other students up too and dropped them off and said, I'll go out of my way to drop you, you just off. Just had to last. make a little detour yeah, out absolutely. of the way. You know, uh, would you say that in this case, all of his trouble troubles, you could blame it on the rain, Mark? <laughs> well, this trouble in particular. Don't kill me. And the troubles going forward for sure. So we get another chorus. Don't stand. Don't stand so. Don't stand so close to me. Don't stand. Don't stand so. Don't stand so close to me. And then we get our third verse. This is this is where things really come to a head, huh? Yeah. I mean, as far as a story arc, it's yeah. great. So it's yeah, good this job. is yeah. This is uh, and this is also where we get our unnecessary the odd rhyme scheme. Well, I was going to say our unnecessary literature. Um, illusion here. Reference, yeah. Uh, loose talk in the classroom. To hurt, they try and try. Strong words in the staff room. The accusations fly. It's no use. He sees her. He starts to shake and cough. Just like the old man in that book by Nabokov. Seth is feverishly typing. I think um, he just cracked his screen I'm typing kinda, so fast. Well, I, I wanted to find something out. I wanted to find out. I, I didn't want to improperly pr um, pr pronounce something. But um, are you, you know, talking about Nabokov? No, I know Nabokov. Well, it's the enunci the 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 emphasis is supposed to be on the B O. Is it? I'm not going to pretend like I know how it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh -huh. um, but I did see in a couple different places where. He was kind of given a hard time for pronouncing his, okay. his name incorrectly. All right. Well, in the song, he says Nabokov. You know, so mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with his pronunciation just because I'm not Russian and I am not a speech pathologist. So I just want. Well, we are Russian to an extent because I got a hard out at. Oh, like, you got yeah, it's true. <laughs> hard exit. How could you do this to police, bro, Mark? Um, <laughs> suddenly, you're thrown into it's. It's almost like a movie, kind of. Uh, you're thrown into do two different settings in just two lines of one verse. You go from the classroom to the staff room, and in each one, there's all sorts of tension. Um, it, you know, building to a head, like you said. It's actually, I gotta, I gotta kind of give uh, old Gordon a, a, a thumbs up, a little bit of a bravo for for doing the job that he did. As far as the story is concerned, yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely have to say that. Um, now. Uh, they try and try. I, I always didn't like also whenever you use the nondescript they. I've never been a fan of, well, that's how they try to get you. You know, that's something that we always heard. Or they did this. I, I don't, I've never been a fan of that. I wish that he would, he could find some way to specify who they are. 
I mean, I know it's just, you know, three verses and the, the song has to clock in under four minutes. But it would just, I, I would like that. Whenever anyone uses they, whether it's even in speech or song or poetry, it just, it kind of weirds me out. Well, I mean, it's loose talk in the classroom. So they're, they are students. Yeah, I know. I yeah. think you're looking a little too into it. No, I, I don't like the use of that word. I, don't I, like I, tried to, I tried to give you some time for you to kind of put out your feelings, but I, I can't hold on any longer. I hate the way this fucking verse is written. You do? Loose talk in the classroom to hurt they try and try is so messy. It's so like trying to move stuff around so they can so we can end with the word try, I think. Loose talk in the classroom to hurt they try and try. Like all of a sudden he's fucking Shakespeare. I, I think it's I think it's messy and it sucks. And I also don't like just like the old man in that book by Nabokov also sounds like it, it reminds me of other. I can't think of any off the top of my mind, but where he uses eight words to say what three words would say. Like he's just trying yeah, to fill in okay. space. It, I mean, and the other. So I think, I'm saying he's not using enough words. You're saying he's using too many. Yeah, I, think, I, 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 I actually this is going to be one time that I totally disagree with you. That's I fine. think that this is a that this is these first two lines are 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 uh, maybe he is Shakespeare. Maybe I, we know he's not. But I think it as far as going along with the story and what's being going on, it brings things to a head and I, in a good way. I agree. I agree that they bring yeah. things to a head. I mean, ultimately, at this point, he's had an affair with his student and the story is getting around whether because she said something or he said something or someone saw him banging her out. Maybe they did have sex in the classroom. Right. I have seen porns like that. Well, so apparently it does happen in real life. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he gets you're right. I mean, we do need to go somewhere in this. And this does effectively end the song. Mm -hmm. I just think that the other verses are written so much better where they flow better. And this is this completely misses the mark. And I don't think that we need to fucking bring up lowly. So if you don't know the book by Nabokov, we're going to go into this for a second. I know you're under a time crunch, but we are is is a book called Lolita. A film was made of uh, Lolita that two. was directed by. Oh, two. Yeah, two. One well, in 96 or something like that or 97 and then one in 1952 by Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick and it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. It is. And may I also stress one of the what I think is most problematic is that the guy the character in the movie who is if you're American Humbert if you're Humbert French, Humbert Hubert or Umbert um is not necessarily an old man. He's probably I don't know starting to reach middle age. Uh, I mean he is an old man compared to the girl in the story who when it, the, the, the timeline in the story is that he meets this girl. He's briefly married to her mother. Um, she is twelve. Then he has to inform her that her mother is dead when she's slightly older. Inform her. <laughs> I'm sorry, but your mom is dead. A licky boom boom down. <laughs> well, that's what he's going for. Next. That's what he's shooting for. And he did that. He took her on the run. He um he t brought her to New England. Uh, had a kind of had a, developed a I don't even want to really want to call it a sexual relationship. He just kind of traded things for sex with this girl. Mm. Uh, a, a dark infatuation. I would call that a sexual relationship. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean but that's, sex is involved. Relationship always implies that two people are consenting and that it's somewhat healthy. This is uh, not. Yeah. This is totally not. Um, it, it, That's fair. Anyway, it winds up... It, I don't want to give away the end of the book or the end of the story because it's actually kind of interesting, and it is a good... He gets fired from his job as a teacher. It's a great... <laughs> <laughs> goes on to start a band in 1976. <laughs> um, it, um, it's not autobiographical. It's, it, it's just... You're right... Nabokov does not it, it that does seem a bit crowbarred in yeah it kind of does and I mean whatever like yeah. I, it seems like this is him kind of showing off I read books I'm sting we don't need to pick this apart to realize all the red flags in this damn song. oh no no uh, it's you know there's plenty it's of not them. the greatest but it's not the worst thing that we've heard in songwriting either the shake and cough is just is it, that's that's a rather odd physical response to confrontation. <laughs> he he, he sees a girl that he just had sex with, and he's like, <coughs> 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 "It's the <Yeah>. pollen." <laughs> 
Um, then we hit this kind of like middle section uh, where it goes halftime, and there is some guitar synthesizer Sounds that is kind of cool. It does sound cool. It yeah. does remind me of the intro. Oh, yeah. It's got kind of that drone thing going back on. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Summers said after Sting put the vocals down, um, we looked for something to lift the middle of the song. I came up with a guitar synthesizer. It was the first time we'd used it. I felt it worked really well, um, and I agree. I think that it's Just pretty rely cool. on Andy. And I love that it goes halftime and then kicks up to double time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get the, please don't stand. Which is so great. Yes, actually. which we we got that chorus of don't stand so close to me with those backing vocals that are kind of like hanging over the back. Is this is this where uh, Stuart jumps off the ladder? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, and those are the lyrics. I mean, just don't stand so close to me over and over again. At this point, he's begging. At this point, he's saying, please, don't stand so close to me. Uh, because he's too horny. This is like um, our buddy Gene. This is... Uh, Gene Hackman? No, Gene Pitney? No, oh, yeah, Gene Pitney, yes. Um, you know, <laughs> run. Get away from me. You better run, please. girl. You're much too young, girl. Yeah. Oh, not Gene Pitney. No, it's... Uh, oh, what was that? Gary... No, that was Gary Puckett. You're right. Yeah, oh, My I'm apologies. Yeah. You're right. Um, a couple of other things to mention, and I had never, I'm embarrassed that I had never realized this. Maybe this will be as illuminating to you as this. Can't wait. The band was in Montserrat and that is an Island in the Caribbean. It is. And got a phone call from a guy named Mark Knopfler. Wow. Okay. And said, hey, I want you to come and I want, put, I want you to put some lyrics, as we've talked about on the last episode, for Money for Nothing. Have you ever noticed how close I want my MTV and don't stand so close to me sound? Yeah. they. Oh, my God. That is illuminating. You're exactly right. Um, <laughs> accidentally reused the melody from Don't Stand So Close to Me in the wow. counterpoint never lyric. thought of it. Yeah. I want my MTV. It was only after this story was relayed to reporters during promotions for the Brothers in Arms album that Lawyers for Sting became involved and later copies of the album co-credit the song to Sting. The initial pressings list only Mark Knopfler. They should. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, that's just one line. a huge, and it's and it's a big part. We know how know. music publishing goes, and you're going to get your name in there, and he's going to make an extra. By the way, Mark, did you see that ad that that P. Dad, P. Diddy essentially pays Sting five thousand dollars a day? So it's funny because I saw it, and at first, I, it initially said he pays him two thousand a day in like the picture, and then in the 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 bottom part, it says five thousand. I'm like, well, which is it? It's a three thousand dollars swing. That's right, pretty intense. But I mean, you know. It's Maybe not if you're Sting making tons of money off of that damn thing. Back the truck up, you said. Yeah, I believe. exactly. Um, and, and one other thing about the the uh, Mark Knopfler uh, money for nothing line. Uh, thank goodness Sting did do it because we wouldn't get the beautiful refrain of Beverly Hillbillies given to us by none other than Weird Al, the, indeed, the ultimate songwriter that we never talk about enough. Absolutely, uh, Zenyatta Mandata, of course, went on to be a huge hit. Um, before joining the police, Sting had previously worked as an English teacher, as we mentioned before. He referred to the song's story progression as the teacher, the open page, the virgin, the rape in the car, getting the sack. Fuck, I read that. That's... So, um, you know, that's it, it's it's interesting that he used that that verbiage. Yes, it is. Because, you know, it's not all, autobiographical for all in- <laughs> for all intents and purposes. You know, it's definitely statutory rape on a good day. Um, but I could see a lot of people just saying that they had sex, but it is it is rape. Yeah. It is someone that I, I think that we are guessing is too young to consent. Are we concluding from that statement that when she got in the car that the act was performed? I think so. I think, yeah, I think that's what I was thinking that maybe when they back to his house, but apparently he just, just gave her a cup of tea and. Sent her off just to her little, just slow. Actually, they probably didn't have power seats back then, <laughs> so he probably just had to do the chunk. And it's a British car, so it was undoubtedly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 1993, he said of the song's inspiration, "You have to remember, we were blonde bombshells at the time." Uh, here we go again. <laughs> it's not autobiographical, <laughs> and most of our fans were young girls. So I started role playing a bit. Good for you. Mm. Let's exploit that," he said. 
He also started the stated that the song does not have a basis in fact, stating that, quote, to be frank, it was right in our market. A lot of teenage girls were buying our records. What is that? So the idea was, let's write a Lolita story. What what is what does that mean? Does not have a basis. What does that mean? <laughs> You'll have to ask. I don't. That's, Mr. Shumway. That's that's problematic in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great song. Very fucking creepy. Yeah. Do not listen to the 1986 version. It is yeah. an absolute travesty to music. Um, the uh, I will mention as I was kind of saying before the 1986 version because it's slower uh instead of just saying in just like the old man in that book by nabokov the word famous is added better but not by much i guess he must say just like the old man in that famous book by nabokov i didn't look up the lyrics that doesn't help at all actually i take that back. and already in my opinion an already shittily written um vocal part um so they put this out they win a couple of grammys uh, afterward, they released their fourth album, Ghosts in the Machine, featuring the tracks Every Little Thing She Does is Magic. Ugh. Another song that we kind like think for like two seconds, we were like, let's just see what's to be here. It's, but the song is so good. It doesn't have that. I mean, it, it has another one of those fantastic choruses. Not as joyous sounding as this one. It may be this one. You know, it's kind of sad that it got that beautiful chorus. But yeah, um, Every Little Thing, another fantastic song. Yeah, also uh, Invisible Sun and Spirits in the Material World, um, which I also really like. Yeah, it's a weird song, but it's great. Uh, yeah, the band was unable to agree on a cover picture for Ghost in the Machine featuring the three red pictographs. Kind of looks like the um, the digital picture, like the di- like on a digital clock. Yeah, the yeah. red, which I love. That is, um, and it is very very cool um, in the style of segmented LED displays set against a black background. Um, it was around this time that um, things started falling apart a little bit. Um, Sting got very very famous. Stuart Copeland's brothers Ian and Miles put out a 1981 concert film called Erg, A Music War, featuring uh, the police. Uh, had a limited release um, at the 19, or 1982 Brit Awards in London. The police received the award for Best British Group. Um, after the Ghost in the Machine tour concluded in 1982, they took a sabbatical. Um, everyone started pursuing outside projects, which mm. is usually the death knell for Writing group. on the wall, yeah. Um, in 1979... Um, Quadrophenia. Oh, in which things start in a great movie, definitely worth checking out. Yep, a film loosely based on the Who's rock opera Quadrophenia. Um, he also uh, played a uh, small role as a mechanic in love with Eddie Cochran's music in uh, Chris Pettit's Radio On, uh, and then uh, was <laughs> I know where you're going now? <laughs> where I will kill him, Dune. I will kill him. <laughs> Uh, in Fod, 1983, or fa- Fade, Fod. What was that character? Wearing uh, very little clothes Fade in the movie. Rautha. That's right, Fade. Yeah. Um, yes, and this, of course, was a huge thing that was responsible for a lot of Sting's look um, when Synchronicity came out. Oh yeah, yeah. He had the the chopped up brown hair. Very and got punky to work look. on Sting Synchronicity, and uh, that's when we started to see it uh, really, really unravel. After that, yeah. As Sting's fame rose, says Wikipedia. His relationship with Stuart Copeland deteriorated. Their increasingly strained partnership was further stretched by the pressures of worldwide publicity and fame, conflicting egos, and their financial success. Meanwhile, both Sting's and Summers's marriages failed, mm-hmm. which, of course, as we know, brought on them Trudy doing exactly. You know, it is funny. I I, I spent that time talking about Stuart earlier, but I just want to bring home the or th- This is a good time to bring up because we talk about the arguments and the problems that were brought up at this time. Stuart, never a guy or a drummer that probably thought that the drum riser should be put right at the front of the stage. There's never been a drummer more than this guy who thought that that should be policy. Um, when we look at great drummers, you look at people that are generally subdued in personality um, a la Ringo and Charlie Watts. Um, sometimes they're not necessarily the egos getting the best, and just the energy and their personality is so big that it comes to the forefront, a la Keith Moon. Um, there's a, a beauty to all of it, but never has there been an ego that's taken over in a drum kit. I think more in a group than Stuart Copeland. So you can see why these issues 
did pop up, especially when you got a main songwriter coming up with all the hits, probably thinking that he deserves every bit of the attention. Yeah, for um, sure. Um, let's go ahead and give this bad boy yeah, a we, creep rating. We're there. We are there, dude. Who's going? Um, you go. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Mark, so far our highest rate is Tonight's the Night under my thumb. Um, last week was Astronomical. Mm-hmm. Mark, it's right the hell up there. It is. It is right up there. Everything... As you're sitting there going line by line, I would say that, I, I mean, this is a loose... Every little thing they do is tragic. <laughs> I would say this is a Everything loose... Everything they do just makes me cringe. Estimation that if you... Of the verses, I would say that 70% of the lines just bring up your hackles that raise the, the meter on, on, on the creep factor. For that, I'm not going to put it... It's not as... And we're... I'm just slightly backing off because of the music here. I'm not going to, it's not going to go over a nine like last week's. My hackles were in a constant vibration. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. It's not going to go over a nine. I have an idea of what yours is going to be. But it's going to come damn close to it. I'm going to go an 8.8. I was, I was thinking 8.9. Yeah. I, was, I just, I backed off for one second. Last week, we had a song that was so creepy and was so terrifying um, I mean, it was truly chilling to go through some of the lyrics we had to read. This one is damn near close. And the fact that we're talking about a minor, the fact that we're talking about a rape in a car, you add that factor of what he said years later. Yeah. And I mean, it's, uh, you know. And again, you know, we have to we have to face the fact that he's telling a story um, and that it's supposed to be bad, I guess. Right. Um, I don't know why he has to tell the story. I don't know why he feels so compelled to talk about a young girl getting raped by a teacher twice her age, Um, though. I don't think it was, a. you know, it's interesting because we don't you know, we're not in the car for the for the what goes down so we don't know when he says a rape we don't know if she was like no stop or if we're just calling it rape because she was too young to consent he didn't say stop i mean that's it's still kind of it could could i mean yeah i guess it could be that just really just sticks in me and uh, i mean what hole does it stick it in i'm sorry you might <laughs> all have to of edit them. that out <laughs> um nine sometimes i need to go back over the lyrics and just like take it in well we know it's gonna go young over teacher nine. the subject of schoolgirl fantasy oh it puts so much of the onus on her that's not the that's not the worst line mark uh, no it's not There's so but much that worse. one's terrible There's... Nine three. Wow. Okay. It's still. I mean, nine three. Yeah. I mean, it's, I knew you were going to go over nine. Actually, it's I, awful. I shouldn't say wow to that. Um. Yeah. So whoa. Next up, we go back in time a little further. Can we bring the meter down next week, Mark? I don't know that we can. I don't I, know. You know, I think maybe we will a little bit. Maybe. I think we will. I, maybe I overshot with the eight. I think. Uh, I think maybe over seven. But this next one has definitely got some, if not a creep factor, it's got a factor. And folks, I I tell you, go ahead and just look at the cover for the single of this song. <laughs> Next up, we're going to be doing Can't Stand Losing You um, from uh, the album Outlandos de More um, from 1978. Um, another song you've probably heard. Is it their biggest single of all time? No, but I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, we got some more reggae and ska mm. uh, tinged. Uh, goodness oh, and Jesus Christ, Mark. And we're gonna have, oh, uh, yeah, God. and yeah, wow, um, it's 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 there. Oh man, yeah. How are we gonna make the cover for that week's episode? Your the back of your head or mine? It's sh- let's leave to see the my pack of Franks. We might that have I've to, got going on back we, there. We might have to just yeah, uh, that's a that's we might a, have to f- flip a coin. So go listen to and and look at the cover for Can't Stand oh, Losing You by the Police or don't. Or don't. It is, uh, yeah, trigger word. Uh, well, I won't give too much more, but uh, if you're 
I don't know if it'll affect you like it affected uh, my friend Seth. Seth, anything you want to say before we wrap up here? That shit should affect you. I'd like to say that. Mark, are we going to talk about the fact that we might have a visitor? We will have a visitor. Yeah, or we're going to have we one. We will have a visitor. Uh, should we say who it is? I think we should. Mike Canary is going to be here. Uh, huge police fan. Uh, we are going to work on getting together with him. Um, and we're going to, because he's a police fan, we're going to make him answer to what the <laughs> fuck is going on here with uh, this band who is wonderful. Um, but we're well, going to strap him to a chair, pry his eyeballs open, <laughs> make him watch videos. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a definite clockwork orange type situation up in here. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so go ahead and, and listen to that song. And please, please, please tune in next week as we start getting uh, over the hump in police roll. Um, be deep with can't stand losing you deep um, and we look forward to being with you dear listener next Monday with more lyrics to go Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics to go pod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs>